Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This is a Lip Media Podcast. Hello and welcome to another episode of May Contain Traces of Soy, the podcast all about surviving and thriving on a plant-based, zero-waste lifestyle. I'm your host, Rochelle, and if you're new around here, welcome to the podcast. So psyched to have you listening today. If you're a regular listener, welcome back, guys. So glad that you keep coming back every week. Really appreciate that. So if you are new around here, just click that follow button or that subscribe button. You can find us on Instagram at May Contain Traces of Soy and on Facebook. We also have a Facebook group now, and that one's called Plant-Based and Zero Waste Australia. We're sharing lots of info in there, articles that we find, some recipes, and it's just a great place to ask any questions that you have about, you know, adopting a plant-based lifestyle, going vegan, trying to be more zero waste. It's a wonderful supportive group in there. So definitely go and join up with that as well. If you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by rating and reviewing the podcast on Apple or iTunes. So whenever someone rates the podcast or leaves a review, it just really helps to push the podcast up there so that more people see it and hopefully spread that non-judgmental vegan message. If you are enjoying today's episode or if you're listening to an old one and enjoying that, please do take a screenshot of that and tag us um, on Instagram, share it to your stories, tag us, we're at May Contain Traces of Soy, and then we can share it to our Instagram and it does help more people to find the podcast, so we'd really appreciate that. If you are new around here, you won't know this, but we do shout outs on this show. So that's something where you, the listener, can get in contact with us and you can ask us questions or suggest topics that you would like, and we'll do a shout out for you on the next show. So this week's topic actually comes from a listener and we'll be doing a shout out for them. This one is from Fiona from Instagram and her handle is at Fiona KYP. Fiona is in Sydney. Fiona hit me up to say that she's really enjoying the podcast and thank you so much. That really made my day when you um, sent me that message, Fiona, so thank you. And she wanted to know if I could do an episode about vegan pets. Thank you so much for the suggestion and I'm going to unpack that episode for you now. I've done some research, but before we get into it, I just want to say, Whew, it's a huge topic, okay? Whether pets can be vegan, whether your companion animals can be vegan, it's a really big topic and it's controversial even within the vegan community. So it's a really hot button issue and 
it's a really hard one to cover. But what I'm going to do is provide you guys with some information and some research that I've done. And it is really, at the end of the day, it is up to you. You know, this is your vegan journey. So however you want to incorporate that into your life is your choice. Firstly, just a quick disclaimer, okay? I'm not a vet. (laughs) I'm not a vet. I'm not, you know, an animal nutritionist. I don't have any expertise. So what I've done is just a bit of research and I provided some links and resources in the show notes for this. So we're going to get into all of this now, but obviously any questions about your companion animals should be directed to a professional. And obviously if you do decide to change their diet, that is something that you should do under the supervision of your vet. So just to get that out of the way at the start here. Now, the first thing I want to say is that there is some problematic language in this, that in that When you call your companion animal a pet, that can be a bit of an issue. Another vegan pointed this out to me recently because using the word pet implies that ownership and that dominion over those animals. And the issue is that, you know, we obviously we have domesticated these animals. So in a way, yes, we we take on the ownership of looking after them. But to use the word pet can be problematic and I just thought I'd make a little note of that because some vegans do find that to be problematic language so yeah just wanted to point that out at the start here that's the sound of my notes as I turn them (laughs) as a vegan when it comes to the choice of bringing a companion animal into your life the very first rule is adopt don't shop so every year thousands of animals are abandoned And in the 2018 to 2019 financial year, the RSPCA received 124,146 animals in one year. That's what they were, you know, left with. Out of those animals, 4,308 dogs, 11,740 cats, and 19,541 other animals were euthanized. That's a total of 35,589 animals that were put to death because someone got an animal and decided not to keep it. This happens a lot. And what's really, really sad is that they get a big increase of these animals being dropped off after Christmas because people buy a pet for someone as a present. Don't do that. (laughs) Do not just without checking with people or without thinking it through, bring a companion animal into your life. If you choose to take on that responsibility, it is up to you to look after that animal. You've chosen to take that on. So don't ever buy animals, but definitely, you know, don't just drop them off if it becomes too much of a burden or, you know, something like that. That's just really awful. So don't do that. So always rescue your companion animals. I'm not even going to go into the conditions of commercial animal breeding for pet sales, But I'm going to pop some links into the show notes for that for you guys to check out. But suffice it to say, it is awful and it's unethical. Okay, so save, don't enslave, and adopt, don't shop. Now, the issue around traditional cat and dog food, and the reason why vegans uh, quite rightly have an issue with buying that kind of food, is that this is an industry. So the pet food industry in Australia, it's essentially been self-regulated with voluntary industry standards applied. So that means that the Pet Food Industry Association of Australia was the organization that was in charge of keeping those regulations in check, but you were able to kind of opt in or out of that. 
And this was replaced by the Australian Standard for Manufacturing and Marketing Pet Food in 2011, which was then updated in 2017. Now, the issue of that is that this organization and this charter, it has been put together by pet food companies. So these are, you know, companies with a vested interest. And yes, there are some vets involved and the RSPCA has had some say, but when it's a self-regulated industry, it can't be properly regulated. So there are clearly issues with that. And we can see that in instances such as the Sydney Knackery Burns Pet Food. In 2019, in September, Burns Pet Food at Riverstone pleaded guilty to four accounts of aggravated animal cruelty. And this knackery had recently been featured in the ABC's 7.30 program for slaughtering racehorses. So that got them on the radar for investigation. And when they went and investigated, they found dozens of cattle in such poor conditions that they had to be euthanized. And the snackery had sick and injured and emaciated animals. They weren't given any treatment, so they were charged. But here's the upshot of what happened with that. They were charged and they they had to pay a $13,500 fine. They're still allowed to have up to 540 sheep or 54 cattle or horses there. They're not shut down, guys. They can still operate. So even though they've been found guilty of aggravated animal cruelty, they are not being shut down. That's just very evident of how many issues there are within the pet food industry. And I say pet with inverted commas there. This animal cruelty and loose regulation, it happens more widely than you might expect. And it's not even just in this country. I mean, the Canadian punk rock vegan band Propagandy have a song, the Purina Hall of Fame, and that's an animal rights song. And the point of that song is actually to point out the hypocrisy of that situation. So Purina is obviously a pet food company, and they have this Hall of Fame for animals that have saved humans. So... They've got a Hall of Fame for animals that have saved humans. They're then killing animals to feed to other animals. The irony there. Um, it just makes no sense. And, yeah, it's it just basically addresses that hypocrisy within that industry. That company, the Purina Pet Food Company, which is owned by Nestle, they have also been under fire here in Australia about 10 years ago because they were using kangaroo meat in their pet food. The conditions under which those kangaroos were hunted and killed meant that joeys were left behind. They often starved and died. And we're supposed to have a rule here in Australia about kangaroo hunting where it's supposed to be a requirement that you you kill them with one shot to the head. That's supposed to be how it works. That's not something that can be properly regulated because they could very, you know, and they very often do, don't get them in the head in the first shot, which means that there's unnecessary suffering happening, it's painful, it's cruel, and the joeys are left behind to die. It's just an awful industry. But with all of that in mind, <laughs> what choices do we actually have in this this really difficult ethical situation as a vegan? How do you navigate this? And this comes down to personal choice, like I was saying at the beginning. This is a matter of what you choose to do for your pets and how you choose to handle their nutrition. You've taken them on and 
you know, that animal's diet may not naturally align with the kind of diet that you'd like to feed it as a result of not wanting to support those industries where there is an excessive amount of animal cruelty. It's a very difficult ethical quandary that it puts you in to choose to have a rescue animal, especially a cat or a dog. It is difficult. And I think that this comes down to being a personal choice. There are plenty of instances that you can find on the net. You can find vegan influencers who have vegan pets, vegan cats, vegan dogs that are all doing really fine. In other cases, people have talked about their cat rejecting it because they don't like vegan food and they're very, very fussy and they refuse to, you know, eat it or they get sick or, you know, whatever that there are different stories out there. Different things happen for different people's animals because animals are unique as humans are. And we have to remember too, that when it comes to feeding your animal, your companion animal, a plant-based diet, they're not naturally inclined towards that. Not in the same way that humans are. We survive very well on a plant-based diet. It is in a lot of cases much healthier for us than, you know, an omnivore diet. So it's, it's a difficult one, but it does come down to a personal choice and a personal preference. One way that you can avoid this entire. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. If you don't have a pet yet, if you don't have a companion animal yet, I would recommend that you go and adopt a companion animal that is already naturally going to be plant-based in their diet. So you can choose to adopt an animal like you can adopt a rat, a mouse, a guinea pig, a bird. I mean, a rabbit, if you don't live in Queensland, they're illegal here in Queensland. If you get a fish or a turtle, they are all naturally plant-based animals. So you won't have to deal with this ethical issue if you choose to get an animal that doesn't eat meat, that isn't naturally inclined towards a omnivore or carnivorous diet. So that removes the issue entirely from your personal space, and that's one option. But if you already have a cat or a dog, or you want a cat or a dog, you know, which I totally understand. (laughs) We don't have a pet right now. So this is not an issue that I'm having to personally deal with at the moment or that I've had to face yet as a vegan because we live in an apartment that we are renting in the city. We're not allowed pets here. um, So we're not allowed to get a cat or a dog. I'd love to get a dog. There is, there is actually a pigeon 
And this pigeon keeps coming in. Um, I think it thinks that it's a timeshare here. We keep coming home and finding that it's inside. And then we get scared and we chase it out. Anyway, the pigeon's not ours. Um, it wants to be a companion. Not a companion, though. <laughs> it just keeps turning up. So, aside from the pigeon that I don't know personally, we're not really close. Um, we don't have an animal that we are feeding. And so we're not in a position where we have to make this decision. But I suppose when the time comes and we decide to get a dog rescue a dog, I should say, um, we're going to have to make that choice. So that's going to be an interesting moment for us as a vegan couple when we go to work that out. But I think if you choose to get one of those animals, it really does come down to a personal choice as to whether or not you attempt to put them on a plant-based diet. Whatever you decide to do, I don't think it makes you any less vegan than someone else. I really don't. I The world is not perfect. You know, you can't be a perfect ethical vegan all of the time. If you have a cat and you feed it, you know, animal product cat food, that's okay. You know, it's, this is a cat. It's a different creature. And cats are naturally carnivorous. They're not like dogs in that way where dogs do eat plants. Um, cats aren't meant to, you know, really eat a plant-based diet, naturally speaking. So it really is, it's a matter of personal choice. As to whether or not you can put them on one of those diets, look, you absolutely can. You can do it. It doesn't mean that it's going to be the most healthy for them. It doesn't mean that your animal will accept it. Uh, that is an issue that a lot of people face. Uh, I've seen people talk about how their cats have rejected the vegan cat food that they've bought and that they've just been so fussy and they just won't do it. I think if you're going to attempt a plant-based diet for your companion animal, it's important to have that animal monitored by your vet to get a recommendation from your vet of what kind of, you know, plant-based pet food you buy for them because you want to make sure that you're getting the best possible thing, that you're looking after them, that you're monitoring how they're responding to that. I just think that you do need to take all of those things into consideration and if your animal does reject it, you know, they reject it and maybe just feed them, you know, pet food. Uh, if you can try and get them more ethical pet food, that's an option as well. There are ways that you can attempt to be more ethical in the kind of meat that you feed them, avoiding certain companies like that one that I mentioned before, Purina and others, and, you know, maybe buying the actual meat and making it up for them yourself. They're still slaughtered animals at the end of the day. It's still not perfect, but this is not a perfect vegan world. So, you know, you've just got to make allowances and you've got to make compromises sometimes. I thought I would break down for you guys dogs versus cats in this area. So domesticated dogs are omnivores and not carnivores, which means that it is easier to get them to adopt a plant-based diet. You still need to get your vet to monitor it. Like I would not recommend just going out and buying vegan pet food and feeding it to your, your dog or your cat and not, you know, taking them to the vet. Take them to the vet, have them monitored when you transition them onto this diet. Watch them closely. Is there a difference in their behavior? You know, are they behaving strangely? Are they not drinking enough water? How are they responding to it? How are their movements? Are they okay? You know, this is an animal that you are looking after. So you need to make sure that you're looking after it properly. And if it's not responding well, then you need to make the choice whether or not you want to keep it on that diet. That's something to consider. But dogs, generally speaking, seem to adopt a plant-based diet more easily 
than cats. Now, the reason for this is that cats are more complex creatures. They are obligate carnivores. They are carnivores. So that means that 90% of their standard diet was meat, naturally. And while they don't require the meat itself, it's the nutrients and amino acids that they absorb from animal proteins. So they require the taurine and they lack the enzymes needed to split carotene, which comes from plants, into vitamin A. However, even meat-based cat foods often include synthetic taurine. So it's not as though the, you know, the meat-based cat foods are all that and they're just getting everything they need from that. They're still supplementing that so that the cats can get these things that they require. And having said that, I have seen examples of lots of healthy and happy vegan cats. So I think that it can be done. But I also know that a lot of people, like I was saying before, have spoken at length about how their cat just refused to eat the vegan pet food, just would not do it. So, you know, I think that just comes back to your personal choice. You need to make that decision and say, I'm going to give this a go or my cat has rejected this and that's where we're at. So my cat is refusing to be a vegan cat. Um... Interestingly, though, here in Australia, I found this in my research today, there's a cellular startup called Herios, and they're working on a cruelty-free lab-grown meat, which biologically is meat, but it'll be slaughterhouse-free, and it'll be an alternative that we could have to pet food so that you can feed your cat this lab-grown meat that has all the stuff that it needs to have for them and for their amino acids and their nutrients but it won't be from an animal that's been mistreated, that's been, you know, treated really cruelly in a slaughterhouse, not looked after up till death and then killed. This will just be lab-grown meat. And that's a really interesting concept, especially for your, you know, more plant-based pets. It's a way to have a more ethical approach to how you look after your companion animals. So that's really interesting. I'm going to drop a link into the show notes for that. I can't say one way or another whether your cat is going to be happy and healthy as a vegan, whether it's not. That is just going to depend. I can't say whether your dog's going to do well as a vegan. I'm not a vet. And I can't, you know, give any assurances of that. All I can say is that people have had personal experiences where they have had companion animals that have thrived on this diet. Other people have had other experiences where their cat's a fussy bitch and (laughs) would not eat it. So, you know, it's just down to personal choice and it's down to how your companion pet or your companion animal responds to that diet as to whether or not you want to keep them on that. But at the end of the day, you know, your animals will never actually be vegan. They'll be plant-based because they don't have the understanding and they're not making the ethical choice to avoid cruelty to other animals and naturally they wouldn't because you know cats are carnivores and hunters so they're not they're the most anti-vegan animal in a lot of ways but it's it's a complicated really really meaty topic and a really really difficult one to provide any clear answer on but like I said earlier in this episode I don't think that feeding your companion animal meat is ethically wrong as a vegan. I think that it is an ethical gray area. You can either choose to get an animal that doesn't require a meat-based diet, 
or you can try and put your animal that like your companion animal like a dog or a cat on a plant-based diet it just doesn't mean that they'll adopt it it doesn't mean that they'll necessarily be happy with it so when you make that choice to bring that animal into your home and accept them as a companion and look after them you're making a choice to support them and do what's right for them and it might not be a plant-based diet for that particular animal Some of them do get fussy. Some of them won't accept that. Some of them do get sick. I mean, it happens. Not all of them, because some people do, some people have, you know, these vegan cats that are really healthy and they're fine, but there are instances where it happens. So if you make the choice to bring that companion animal into your life, you make the choice to look after it and do the right thing by it. And maybe that isn't a vegan diet. Maybe it is. But if you don't want to have to make that difficult choice and you don't have a pet yet or a companion animal yet, I should say, why don't you think about getting a guinea pig? (laughs) At least then you're not going to have to buy any meat and support that no matter what happens because it naturally doesn't eat meat. So that's always an option. I hope that this has been a helpful episode. I hope it hasn't been too heavy for you. Unfortunately, I don't have a yes or no answer to this one. Really threw me through a loop there, Fiona. That was a conundrum. But I enjoyed researching it, and it was really interesting. I'm going to drop a lot of different links in the show notes here today. There's going to be a lot of resources to check out. Let me know if you've got a vegan pet and you are a vegan companion animal, we should say. And, yeah, let me know how that goes and if they're happy and healthy. Like, hit me up on Instagram and let me know how you're going with all of that. I'll share them to the story so that our other listeners can see instances of happy, healthy vegan cats and dogs and, you know, all the other things. Okay? Thank you so much for joining us for this week's episode. If you are enjoying the podcast and you want to support it, follow us on Facebook, on Instagram, subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a rating or a review on Apple iTunes, um, Apple Podcasts or iTunes. That really does help to spread that vegan message. And if you're enjoying this episode, take a little screenshot, share it. Let me know what you think of it. And I will share it to my page on Insta as well. Thanks so much for being here this week, guys. And we will catch you in a week. 